Well, I just love when God um, chooses to sort of preach the message before I do have the opportunity to uh, step up and, and preach it. And um, he really has set the table for us uh, this morning. And I just want to uh, share with you, and hopefully a concise way here, um, a, uh, a word that um, the Lord has been stirring in my heart for really a very long time. Um, right now, this, this week is actually week two of a four-week series uh, that I just began, uh, interestingly enough, last week. Yes, that would be last week. Um, last week on uh, restoring our calling. And um, specifically... Um, this series of messages is related to our calling corporately as a congregation. So um, when we're talking about restoring our calling, um, not specifically this morning, um, directly speaking to your individual calling, though because you are connected in one way or another to this house and you're connected uh, into the larger house of God, um, it affects and impacts and is a part of all of our calling. But I'm specifically speaking in that corporate sense. And last week, um, I shared this particular um, phraseology with you that is um, the new way in which we're seeking to express and try to understand what, and, and, and in a way express what specifically our calling is here at Bethel Christian Fellowship. Bethel Christian Fellowship is called to radiate life and joy as a house of prayer for all nations. We are called to radiate life and joy. Last week I took some time to unpack all of those phrases a little bit. Um, These next three weeks I'm going to unpack the specific phrases connected to our DNA, which again I see as three strands, the house, the prayer, the all nations, the intimate spirituality, the inviting hospitality, and the intentional missionality that you see there expressed in the diagram. We're going to take and unpack each of those these next three weeks. In the context of unpacking that, we're going to receive uh, three brief testimonies that directly connect to that calling. And I want to again remind you that there is a direct and specific connection between what we're talking about here and the invitation to your participation and involvement in Alpha. We, uh, as we have prayed and as we have sought the Lord and as we have dialogued together, um, our leadership has sensed very clearly that for this fall, we are called congregationally. And last week I brought out my, my fishing net that we are um, called to the net together to to go outside of simply, you know, what's happening here outside of the four walls as a net, not with a fishing pole, but with a net to draw the fish that God is calling to come into His kingdom. He has called us all to be fishers of men. And so we are fishing not individually, but we are fishing corporately together, and the means by which we are going to be doing that 
is through the Alpha Initiative this fall. We're going to be doing two different specific Alphas. We're going to be doing a campus Alpha, well, we're doing a, a seven-week Alpha using the campus Alpha um, uh, videos. But so it's an actual seven-week course that is going to be our regular Alpha course. And then we're doing a 10-week Alpha ESOL for English speakers of other languages. And already a number of you signed up. A number of you have already expressed interest in participating. Today, immediately after the service, lunch is going to be served, and we are going to continue to be doing planning together and want to invite you and encourage you. Come and eat with us, and then come and brainstorm with us as we continue to discover what God desires to do, because he is calling all of us together. Some of us, we, last week we heard a tremendous testimony from Doug Pint, uh, who came and joined us from uh, New Day Church, from New Prague, who is a natural connector, doing incredible stuff. He's just a connector. We need all of the connectors in this house to be connecting outside of this house. We need people who, um, again, like I mentioned last week, Maybe your definition of extroversion is instead of looking at your own feet, you're looking at the feet of the person you're trying to talk to. Okay, that's how extroverted you can get. That's okay. We've got a place for you. You can be a part of kitchen crew. You can be part of cleanup. You can be part of... There's all kinds of technical. There's all kinds of behind the scenes. There's websites. There's, there's all kinds of ways in which you can participate. And every single one of us can participate in prayer. That's why we're encouraging you to ask the Lord, what are some names of people? And God is going to drop people into our laps. We hosted our um, national night out uh, in our neighborhood. Um, so to, to feed everybody in our neighborhood, and we did potluck, and we brought the main, you know, whatever, all that sort of stuff last Tuesday night. And I've just been praying beforehand, okay, Lord, you know, and a lot of these neighbors I know well, and we've connected over the years and had opportunity to talk and dialogue and just saying, okay, Lord, what do you want to do? Well, a guy who was there the year before came again and just sat down and he said, you know, and he, and he starts the conversation by saying, so what's the, and he remembered this from a year ago, don't you pastor a church somewhere around here, tell, tell me about that. He says, I've been thinking about going back to church. You know, okay, well, there we go. You know, you're not out there trying to, you know, and then have to like work something up. It's like I'm just sitting in my front lawn. All right? And so God has and desires, he's, he's calling, he's drawing, we've heard that this morning, he's drawing people to himself, he's drawing you, he's drawing us, and he's drawing others to be a part of his house. And so we're going to participate and join that together. So I want to encourage you as your pastor to figure out and ask the Lord, how am I going to be participating in this? This isn't about a program this is about a ministry opportunity. This is about what God's calling us corporately into at this time. You've been a Christian for 40 years, okay? What do I need to go through Alpha? Go through Alpha anyway. One, it's going to reestablish you in, you know, the basic foundations. And then the next time you get to go and ask your friend and say, why don't you come with me to a course that I've been through that I found really helpful? Okay, so and some of you who have gifts in teaching and preaching, we're going to, you know, this thing's going to expand. We're doing this. We're in this for the long haul. And we're going to need you to learn to, so that you can help with teaching, small group leading, small group helping, 
We're doing all kinds of things. Keep praying, praying. We are right now uh, in conversation, just side note for prayer, we're in conversation right now with uh, folks from McAllister Christian Fellowship about how we might directly partner with them this coming year because they don't have a staff person there on campus. Pray for us because we're looking at that. We've got some ideas. We're talking. We're dialoguing. We're praying. There are so many opportunities before us right now. God is just sending us so many opportunities. I'm calling you to the nets. All right? All right? I have the clear picture I have is, you know, Peter and the disciples in the boat, and Jesus comes along, you know, says, why don't you put him on the other side of the boat? Put your nets out on... You know, but we've been fishing all night and we've caught nothing. Put them on the other side. They had so much that they had to call all of their friends and neighbor boats, come on over, we got too much. I have that expectation in my spirit. That's what God's up to right now. That's what he's doing with our friends from Nepal as we're gathering together and helping and encouraging the net of what God's doing there. That's just another expression. There are so many ways in which God is at work and at move in his kingdom right now. And we have the joy and privilege of partnering with him. It doesn't get better than this. This is what it's about, people. This is the calling. We are called to radiate life and joy as a house of prayer for all nations. So this morning, we're going to focus specifically on that house word, which has to do with hospitality, which has to do with us, being called to be a place where people belong. Where you belong and those who are not yet here belong. A place to belong. The scripture that we're going to be looking at is starting is in Ephesians chapter 2. So if you've got your Bible, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2, 11, this morning 11 to 21, and then we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3 the next couple of weeks, and these are going to form kind of the foundation of this particular series of messages on restoring our calling. Next week, a place to believe, and the week after that, a place to become. We're beginning here with a place to belong. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Therefore, remember that you, formerly, you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that done in the body by the hands of men, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. Remember, formally. Now this is, the therefore is therefore for a reason. It's therefore because he's going back to the first, and I'm not going to take time this morning, but I would encourage you to read Ephesians 2, 1 to 10, where it talks about the grace that saves us. By faith we respond, and we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That's verse 10. Therefore... Okay, in light of that reality, in light of 
what he says about who we are and what we're called to be and called to do. Therefore, remember what it was like before when you were alienated from God. Now, alienation is a um, challenge that is common to all mankind. All people in all places, everywhere, at all times. I think if we did a poll this morning and I asked you to raise your hand and say how many of you have ever felt alienated in your life, either alienated from God or alienated from other people, a sense of separation, a sense of isolation, a sense of where do I fit in the world, I don't really feel like I fit anywhere, I feel disconnected, I feel detached, I feel disillusioned, I feel uh, you know, just completely distant from... I think if we were to raise our hands, I think everybody in this room would raise their hands. That at one point or another you have felt alienated. Karl Marx used that as kind of the the foundation point of his, his whole economic theories, was talking about people feeling economic alienation. He took that from a German philosopher and played that out. And that whole philosophy and that political philosophy is what lies beneath the, um, the whole movement for uh, people's rights and all of those things because people feel powerless, they feel alienated from power, they feel helpless, they feel hopeless. And so we take matters into our own hands to try to fix it all. Not recognizing that the true issue is not a political or philosophical one, it is a spiritual issue. The real underlying root of this alienation is our sense of being separated from God and therefore separated from the rest of humankind. That's the alienation which we experience. Well, thankfully we're not left there because the picture in Ephesians 2 has a very significant transition now that takes place. Verse 13, but now, but now, in Christ Jesus, everybody say with me, but now, come on, say it again. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. You were far away. You were at a great distance. But now you've brought near. And then verse 14, For He Himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near, for through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit." What Jesus came and dealt with is our double alienation. Our alienation from God and our alienation from one another. Now you have to understand when he talks about the dividing wall of hostility, what's he talking about there? He's talking about 
He's picturing in his mind the temple. The temple had the inner courtyard where only the priests, those that had been set apart and consecrated, could go into. And then there was the then there was the courtyard of the Jews that was specifically for the Jewish male that was around that. Then there was the courtyard of women that was there for women who could not come in to the to the place where the men were allowed or the place where the priests. But all of those were at least on the same level within the temple. But then you went down some steps, and then you went down some more steps. There was a wall here, and then you went down more steps, and there was another place, and there was a large courtyard for the Gentiles. And on the wall, on the wall, between the Gentile courtyard and the rest, and going up the stairs, they could look up to the temple, but they couldn't go there. Because on the wall, in front of the openings, there was edicts that were placed there that said this, trespassers will be executed. Not prosecuted. Executed. That's why Paul had this mob on his hands because they thought that he'd brought a Gentile up into the, into the courtyards that was reserved for those who are part of the nation of Israel. But Paul says, in Christ, that dividing wall of hostility has been broken. And he has come to bring reconciliation between all mankind in Christ. And this is at the very heart of our calling as a congregation. The call to be a house of prayer for all nations is not an attempt to be, quote-unquote, in contemporary parlance, politically correct. Because I will tell you right now that every effort in natural man to try to attempt to bridge barriers will ultimately fail. Because we don't have the ability or the energy to break down those walls. Walls of race and culture and creed and you know all of the other things that, that, that we erect and that are all around us and we see all around us. You know, the dividing wall of hostility has been broken through Christ and now there is no longer a temple with those walls between Gentile and Jew. But that doesn't mean there ain't no walls because there are a whole lot of walls. All you have to do is look around and look around at your own life and you'll see a whole lot of walls. And those will not be broken down by good intentions and by everybody just getting together and let's just, let's just all hold hands, okay? If we just all hold hands, it's going to be all right, right? We'll just all hold hands and we'll think good thoughts about each other, Right? Not going to do it? No. Arthur and I are brothers because we've got a father who is father of both of us. And so we're brothers. We're friends. We're reconciled to Christ and to one another. That's, that is what Christ has done. He has broken down 
the double walls of alienation, the ones that separated us from God and the one that separated us from one another. And because of that, because of reconciliation, there is now the opportunity for a recreation. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens. Hallelujah! You are not a foreigner or an alien, but a fellow citizen with God's people, a member of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We are a part of God's kingdom, his family. We are a part of God's temple in every aspect and in every way, from our citizenship to our societal, cultural connections to our uh, family gathering to the, to in, in the spirit, we are being built together into something new because we belong to him and to one another. We are being built together, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. The whole building joined together. And it was just read this morning, the parallel passage in Peter. Thank you very much, Norm. First Peter chapter 2. That's exactly what God's doing. Taking us as living stones and building us together. We who were once strangers to God's grace have been welcomed into the household of faith. We who once sojourned in a land not our own have been made citizens of God's kingdom. And now, we who are recipients of God's hospitality are called to share with others what we ourselves have received. That is why the most important virtue any church can embody is the virtue of hospitality. Because God has welcomed us, we are called to welcome others, and not just because it's the nice and polite thing to do, but because it is the holy and just thing to do. Get your mind around that one. Get your heart around that one. The most important virtue any church can embody is the virtue of hospitality. The Apostle Peter said it this way, the end of all things is near. Now this is interesting, okay? The end of all things is near, the end is coming, the end is coming. It's near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled so that you can pray Above all, love others, each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Whew, there we go. Don't you like the way he added that little piece on there? That really helps it out, all right? Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its very forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one... He speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Embedded right into the midst of this very significant um, proclamation that Peter is making, an exhortation that he is giving in the context of the end of all things, he says this, offer hospitality and use your gifts. Every one of us has the opportunity to be a part of helping this place be a place to belong. Let me encourage you. Somebody recently shared with me. I won't say who and when, but just, very, just, just recently I, I heard from somebody who, who came here to Bethel 
as a, as a guest and said to me, said, Pastor, your, um, your church is very friendly. And they're just the right amount of friendliness. That already I've been greeted by six people and a couple of different couples have invited me to sit with them. But they weren't, you know, that, that wasn't, they, they, they didn't actually accept that invitation to sit with them. But they were so grateful for the invitation as well as how that invitation was offered with open hands that said, you can come if you would like to, but you don't have to. It didn't feel like compulsion. It just felt like invitation. That's hospitality. That's practicing hospitality. Bless you, congregation. That should be, I hope, becomes the, and, and I think is, I mean, it's the testimony I've heard many, 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 many times, but I hope that it becomes that hallmark of being in this house, that those who walk in feel welcome. That's hospitality. That's why we call it and use the tagline, a safe place where strangers become friends. Henry Nouwen, this is the very last, um, well, he didn't write Romans, that would be Paul. Paul wrote Romans 12, 13 saying, practice hospitality. I like that because it means that you're not an expert yet. You get to practice. It means do it and it means keep getting better at it. And by the way, hospitality is not, again, I'm going to come back to this, it's not just for extroverts, it's for introverts too. In fact, sometimes, many times, introverts are better at hospitality than extroverts. Because us, those of us that are extroverts, we kind of fill all of the space with us. Okay? And there isn't always a whole lot of room for the guest, okay? Because it's all about us. We're there. Okay? But introverts, they don't take up as much space. And there's a lot more room for others to be there. So if you're an introvert, that doesn't mean that you can't be hospitable. In fact, you might be very much better at it. All right? Henry Nouwen, last quote here. The paradox of hospitality is that it wants to create an emptiness, not a fearful emptiness, but a friendly emptiness where strangers can enter and discover themselves as created free. Free to sing their own songs, speak their own languages, dance their own dances. Free also to leave and follow their own vocations. Hospitality is not a subtle invitation to adopt the lifestyle of the host, but the gift of a chance for the guest to find his own. I love that. When people enter, my, my heart is, my desire is, is that when the time comes, that there will be a time coming when people will walk into Bethel Christian Fellowship and won't be able to say exactly, well, what kind of church is this? I thought I was going to a white church. Or I thought I was going to a black church. I thought I was going to a brown church or whatever it is. Or whatever, I thought I was going to a rich church or a poor church or whatever. No, I hope that when people walk in, they will say, I'm just, wow, I don't know what this is, but I like it. Because I'm walking into something that represents the kingdom of God and all of its beauty. It is not only, I know this sounds like an oxymoron, it is not only for extroverted Swedes like me. Okay? It's for all. It's creating that space 
where the songs can be sung and the dances can be danced and the language can be spoken and the life can be lived together. Do you get this? Do you see this? This is what it means to be a place to belong. So I want to commend you, Bethel Christian Fellowship, for demonstrating and living this out. And I want to commission you into an even fuller expression of this. As I was sharing last week, in the kingdom of God, there is no us and them. There are no those people in God's kingdom. It's our people. It's us. It's we. It's the community that Andrew was sharing about that he's doing even right now. So I exhort you and commend you and commission you to continue in this call. Amen?